The following video is a solo run-through of Curse of Strahd in a lit RPG format. It is brought to you by Knights of the Braille. There's a fire burning off to the right of me. However, the flames and heat do not reach my my chilled bones. I'm not really sure that that anything will reach them. Can't help but wonder if I will, will ever be warm again. I mean, I haven't been here that long, but still, after seeing what I've seen thus far, it makes one wonder. <sighs> but I must go on. As I approach the bar, I notice a curious trio of people sitting near the fireplace. I glance at them, but yet I continue to keep them and study them from the periphery of my vision. They're dressed in what looks to be not exactly rags, but but their clothes seem to be more patches than actual base material. As though their their clothing has been patched so many times that what the garment originally was has been lost to time. And as I approach the bar, I notice off to my left there is a somewhat toned individual sitting there looking at me as though he is trying not to look at me. He, he has dark brown hair and, and this I can understand already, like halted eyes. As though, as though he is already defeated. Living here, that is something that I can can understand very well, because I've only been here a short time, and and yet, if I were to have lived here, I'm sure I would look very similar to him. Behind the bar is a human male who also has a haunted look, as though, as though the very life essence is being sucked out of them. If it's in there at 
that's in there at all. And and everyone seems to be looking at me suspiciously. I guess I don't see many of my type here and and I cannot judge for if any of these were to come to where I am from my people would do the same and order a mug of honey mead from the bartender behind the counter and and I head to one of the many unoccupied tables here and as I go to sit down I hear a voice and it has to be the man sitting in in the booth and as I turn he makes a motion for me to come and sit with him as though he is eager for conversation and and I am eager for some information maybe he maybe he can tell me something so as I sit down here with my mug of honey mead for lack of a better term it is more so water than anything else uh, but I I sit down with this individual and he tells me that his name is is Mark and and Donnie comes into my mind because he informs me that his father is the burger master of this village and I fight my hand from going to the letter although my mind races there immediately. He also informs me that the majority of the people here call him Ismark the Lesser because he is he is nothing like his father. I've never really thought about it in that regard, but it's not always a bad thing that you're not like your father, but neither is it always a good thing. Well, it's when one really thinks about it, you need to be your own person, whether you're like your parent, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, or, or anyone else out there. You need to forge your own way. But evidently he sees something in me. Perhaps it's the willingness that I have to talk with him. I'm, I'm not really sure, but he asked me to protect his adopted sister. He 
isn't speaking very loud, and so he doesn't want to be overheard, but he tells me that his sister's name is Irina Koyama. Oh, how this name, the, the letter that I have in my pocket, how, how I want to say something, but I'm not... I'm not this Ismark. I I do not trust so quickly because this world is rather strange to me. It could be a ploy, it could be a trap. I I don't really know, but I sit here and I and I think about this. I actually think about multiple things. Do I do I tell him about the letter? Do I tell him that I will help? Do I deny this man who is the only one to have shown me kindness here? I sit there with him in silence for several minutes. I begin weighing the pros and cons of, of each of the, the decisions that that need to be made. And it's as though he can see the turmoil going on inside me as I try to make a decision and I nod and speak my agreement that I will help. No sooner have I done this than the three shabbily, I guess it's a good way to describe them, dressed individuals get up and leave. They scoot back from their table and walk out of the door and I can't help but think that I may have just made a mistake. Then Ismark tells me that he wants to escort his sister to Zalaki. And he tells me that he is hopeful that this is out of Strahd's dominion, out of the range of his reach. And he tells me that right now she's in their home, and I can't help but think that her actual home is much safer than a different village, a different location, but is more assures me that he has faith in Malaki's defenses. And, and I try to convince him as I make a history check that his home will be much, much safer than, than a new location. 
but he simply shakes his head and informs me that he trusts the defenses at the Pilaki and it is his sister after all. So I, I ask him, why is Strahd focusing on his sister? Why not other people in the village? And as I tell him this and ask him this question, I can feel the letter rubbing inside the pocket of my cloak. And as I look into his eyes to see if I see any hint of truth that he is being 100% honest with me here, that this is not a trap. And as I think about telling him about the letter again, I can't help but be suspicious of him. So I decide to keep the knowledge of the letter to myself. I must put the letter out of my mind for the current moment because we do need to get started here and I inform Ismart that there's no time better than the present to get started so let's start now and we both get up and leave the tavern. I left the majority of what I had ordered left in the mug. It wasn't, it wasn't even worth pouring out. It's as though the souls are being sucked out of people here as well as the taste of anything good.
as we walk heading towards the Burgermaster's mansion, Ismark is rather quiet and withdrawn into himself. We walk in silence other than the steps of our feet upon the cobblestone. And as we reach his home, this is a mansion in name only. The house appears to have scorch marks along each side. The fencing surrounding this once extravagant home is is more rust than fence. Surely there cannot be much protection from this and as we walk closer the wrought iron gates that once protected and closed off the cobblestone driveway have been torn and in fact one is missing altogether and the one that is there is barely hanging on as though it's just mere hope that continues to cling it to the rest of the fence and one can immediately tell that something stronger than a human is the one that has torn this gate open and I can't help but have the feeling that it is like someone has opened the chest cavity of a body and split each side of the ribs aside tossing one off like nothing more than mere trash. To say that the mansion is surrounded by a yard would be quite an understatement. The grass that grows here is at least waist high to me and there are several other weeds that are taller than my head but yet looking at them they do not have the color of life and new growth as though the vitality of this place is being sucked away and discarded like yesterday's trash and I notice a matted down area off to my right and there is the other side of the gate As we walk up this cobblestone driveway, our footsteps echo almost as though someone is following us. In fact, the feeling is so overwhelming that I turned around and there, there's nothing there but the gate which is torn. The despair that I feel overwhelms me once again and as I turn back to follow his mark he points out 
and travel path around the house. And upon further inspection, I noticed that this house was once remarkable. The finish was absolutely beautiful, but yet has been scarred by long, sharp claws. And as I look at the path, I notice wolf tracks and shuffling footsteps and another unidentifiable foot with claw that is marked is quick to define to me as he informs me that Strahd each and every night sends the werewolves at his call, the zombies that he controls, and the ghouls that he loves to use to torment those souls that live here that are unwilling to follow his lead. He sends them each and every night. And I ponder the letter in my pocket, thinking back upon its words of letting this place lie. Ponder the individual that was ripped and torn. And even though I know that the home is the best protection for Irina, Strahd, I also know that his minions can fit in. Eventually, the claws will tear through the wood. Eventually, the fires will burn them out into the grasp of Strahd himself. I still do not know why Strahd has such an infatuation with Ismark's adopted sister. But I know that, given time, they will be burnt out, and I'm sure Ismark will be cast aside like yesterday's trash. Because if the rumors and the myths and the legends and the stories are true about Strahd, he cares little for life other than sustenance. Ismark informs me that they have boarded both inside and outside on the windows as they were broken two days ago. And I, I stare at him and the truth of Ismark's statements about getting his sister to the Lockheed with every passing breath, with every passing heartbeat, rings a bit, a bit truer. Ismark does a series of knocks on the door, and after several moments of this, the door is opened, revealing a very beautiful female human whose auburn hair and dark green eyes immediately capture one's attention and and I know why Strahd is infatuated with her 
Or at least I know one reason that he is infatuated with her. It's her sheer beauty. But there must be something else. Could it be that Strahd just wants what he wants and will go to any lengths to get it? Maybe, maybe they have some information that can help me. The interior of this home is very well furnished. There are candelabras, beautiful looking vases. It is the inside of a mansion, of a fairly well-to-do family. And while these decorations are nice, you can tell that none are new. I do not mean that there's dust or spider webs or anything covering them, but one can tell just by looking at the chairs and other resting places that they are worn yet loved. And I and I notice the windows that have been boarded up from the inside and I also notice as I look around that everywhere that I can see there are holy symbols carved into the wood and once again I touch the letter in my pocket. These symbols, if they are powered, will prevent Strahd or any vampire from entering into this home, but yet it will not prevent any other minion who can just bust their way in. And as I step forward following both Ismark and Irina Ismark informs me that their father recently passed away and that is when all of these attacks started happening and Ismark indicates a room off to my left where I see I see their father lying in a wooden casket he has yet to emit the stench of death, although there is a faint scent of it. It is not overwhelming now, and one can tell that he must be interred before long. The flowers that have been placed all over his body, leaving nothing left showing but his face, will only mask the scent of rot and decay for so long. And, and I can't help but wonder can we make it to Velaki? Ismark says that he must talk to his sister who offers me a cup of coffee while I sit 
in the kitchen while they discuss whatever it is that they must discuss and I can hear heated exchanges coming from from down the hall perhaps in another room as their voices are muffled and it appears to be getting more and more heated and I hear Arena state that she will not leave until their father is buried. This is not my argument to get into. I'm just merely going to help help out someone in exchange for information upon upon the demon creature that appears to be sucking the very soul out of out of a once beautiful location. And, and I know that, I know that I would want my loved one buried as well. So, as they come back in, we, we begin to sit and plan, not our attack, but how we, how we will take care of this, and I indicate that I have no problem seeing that their father is buried, but I ask them where and Irina indicates that she wants it done at the chapel at the base of the hill. staring into her beautiful green eyes. I cannot help but agree that yes. Yes, I will I will get this done, but she must begin to pack up her belongings so that we can get out of here as soon as this task is taken care of. But I ask her why Strahd has such an infatuation with her because it surely has to be more than just her beauty. But she tells me that she doesn't know why and in fact she cannot remember the two encounters that have happened recently with Strahd that everything is fuzzy when it comes to the encounter. She, she can almost but not quite remember. However, the one thing that she can remember is that his eyes were like hungry orbs taking her down into oblivion. They both sit there and alternate telling me about the nightly attacks that have taken place and how how their father's heart just just could not take it anymore. And how he how he loves them both equally this this makes sense to me although 
although I do not quite understand fully. Once again, Arena informs me that no one in this forsaken village has had the heart, the bravery to help Ismark, and I again reassure her that that I will. She tells me to carry her father's body to Donovan, the the priest for burial, and 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 I will. I agree that everyone deserves a proper burial to prepare them for the afterlife. And I sit there and contemplate. I contemplate the letter. I contemplate the time. I indicate that we. That no, not we. Because someone needs to stay here with her. It was foolish of this idiot to be going down to the tavern to drink and leaving his sister here alone. Especially. Especially with the attacks that had happened. What an idiot he was. Although I keep this to myself, I do not berate him in front of of his adopted sister. But we do get the body loaded the entire time. Litter screams in my head. Manzion Battlestaff Race Shader Kai Class Shadow Magic Sorcerer Level 3 Armor Class 12 Health 30 out of 30 Ability Scores Strength 9 modifier minus 1 Dexterity 15 modifier plus 2 Constitution 16 modifier plus 3 Intelligence 10 modifier plus 0 Wisdom 12 modifier plus 1 Charisma 18 modifier plus 4 Cantrips 4 fourths Mage Hand Minor Illusion Poison Spray Sword Burst Level 1 Spells Known 3 Mage Armor Magic Missile Thunder Wave Level 2 Spells Scorching Ray Experience Points 1075 of 2700 <laughs> 